Now this has nothing to do with the homily that I've prepared, but it was something that I just found interesting and I feel inspired about. Uh, John the Baptist says this line, don't, don't cry that, oh, we of Abraham as our father will be okay, because God can raise up children to Abraham from these very stones. Now we often say that John is the last prophet, and in that line, prophecy is told, and then later in the Gospels we find it is uh, fulfilled. And it is fulfilled because Jesus goes to, I'm sorry, not Jesus, Paul, goes to the Gentiles, right? He doesn't just keep salvation. Jesus doesn't intend for salvation to only be for the Jewish people. But he says it very clearly, go therefore and baptize all nations, right? So therefore, John's words are proven true because salvation is actually opened to everyone, not just the children of Abraham. He says, I can raise up children from wherever I want, whoever I want. I am not limited. Just an interesting... Uh, thought that I had as I was reading that. Sometimes the Holy Spirit inspires me. Sometimes I just have ADD. But I'll let you be the determination. St. Nicholas Cabasilis says, the incarnation was not only the work of the Father, of his power and his spirit. It was also the work of the will and the faith of the Virgin. All creation held its breath, wondering what her answer would be. The virgin was taken by surprise and was quite afraid, but answered simply, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to thy word. When God came to earth, he desired to do so with the willing agreement of her whom he chose as his mother. The virgin was already, sorry, the virgin was a ready participant in God's grace for mankind. She played a dynamic and positive role in God's plan of salvation. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and as such modeled what a spirit-filled life looks like. And we are also called to live spirit-filled lives due to the grace or from the grace of our baptism and confirmation, which sets us, seals us with the Holy Spirit. Since we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that imbued Mary with all the grace that she contained, we should also live Spirit-filled lives. Now, for centuries, Catholics have tried to live Spirit-filled lives in emulation of Mary by meditating on her ten virtues. They are as follows. Profound humility, lively faith, blind obedience, continual prayer, universal mortification divine purity, ardent charity, heroic patience, angelic sweetness, and divine wisdom. While we recognize her as embodying these gifts, we know that through arduous practice, we too can attain these virtues in our lives. As a fun aside, my mom will always tell me that I need profound humility I never realized she was telling me to be more like Mary. I just figured she was telling me not to be like me. But these are the virtues talked about in the first reading from Isaiah. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and of understanding, a spirit of counsel and of strength, a spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. All ten of Mary's virtues can find their root 
in the gifts of the Holy Spirit spoken about by Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus, and he's saying, yes, he will have all these things. But if you are involved with faith formation at all, or you have been confirmed, you know that these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we teach to our children, right? Like we should have a spirit of wisdom. No one wants to be dumb in life. It's painful. We should have a spirit of strength, fortitude. This is the virtue of long-suffering. Spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Wisdom is knowing what to do. Knowledge is knowing how to enact it. You can be very smart without practicality. You have useless wisdom. Knowledge is knowing how to apply that practical wisdom that you have in your life. Fear of the Lord is not I'm afraid because the Lord is angry at me. This is ridiculous. Fear of the Lord is the same emotion that you feel when you stand on the precipice of the Grand Canyon and you say, oh my God. Because wow, look at what he has done. That is fear of the Lord. It's awe and wonder at his magnificence. Not fear and trembling because of our insignificance. But all of these virtues are contained in the person of Mary. Now we are told what a spirit-filled life looks like by Isaiah. And also we are shown what all of these gifts look like in humanity's single greatest boast, Mary. It would be a shame not to spend time during Advent appreciating and loving our beautiful mother. If we pretend that Jesus came to earth in a ray of light or came floating down the river in a basket, then we dismiss the beautiful way, but more importantly, the beautiful person through whom God chose to enact his plan for salvation. It is my suggestion this week that we read the Gospel of Luke and the portions that pertain to Mary specifically. Ponder how she acts and what she says in the scriptures. View the coming of Jesus through the eyes of his mother in all the joy and terror that this situation brought her. Gain a perspective that maybe you never have before. And remember that the Lord in his infinite wisdom could have chosen any number of ways to uh, complete salvation. And out of the infinite possibilities open to him, he chose this one, that of coming to earth through a poor young woman who was filled with the Holy Spirit. If the Lord chose Mary to be the one through whom salvation would be born, it might be a good idea for us to take some time with, in prayer to find out why.